The following podcast is a presentation of the PTB Media Network. What's up, Benfica Nation? Welcome to your favorite spinoff of the podcast. Welcome to Liga Tereje in English. I'm the Mr. Mike Agustinu coming to you here on the Mr. Benfica podcast feed. And once again, we're talking about one of the most even, most um, exciting football competitions in Portugal. And dare I say one of the best run football competitions in Portugal. I don't get how the Federation can get some things so right and other things so wrong. But the one thing they got right was the creation of the Liga 3 or the Liga 3. And we're here for it for another weekend of just action-packed matches with results that, you know, are heavily weighted. A lot of a lot of results making a difference in the table. Teams moving in both directions. We got one blowout to talk about. Only one, which at this level is rare. Um, usually when you see third division football, especially in smaller countries like Portugal, there's a big disparity between the teams. But we, we have a number of draws to talk about. We have um, just countless... <laughs> Uh, matches that are either draws or one one goal differences, and then we have, like I said, one one route to talk about. So let's get started. Why don't we we start up north? We'll start with the leaders in the north, Felgueiras, nineteen thirty two, hosting the uptrending Braga B. The Baby Bishops traveled for this one, and the Baby Bishops would uh, they would make themselves known. Throughout the Liga 3, they're already known, but they really show they are for real right now. They put themselves in position to really have something to fight for. Uh, This was round 19. We have three rounds left of this first phase. After that, the top four in each section advance to the promotion playoffs, while everybody else gets to fight to the death to avoid relegation. Um, this one did start out well for the leaders, though. It was Felgueiras getting on the board first. Uh, their player, Paul Leet, would score in the fourth minute, and it looked like it would be business as usual for them. However, uh, they were shocked a little bit here in the 24th minute. Braga B pulls level thanks to Roger Fernandes, and they would go to halftime level 1-1, second half. Braga coming out strong. Braga B, that is. Coming out strong. Andrea Laximikant would find the back of the net. 2-1 now to the visitors. And Felgators would fight hard to try to get uh, to rescue a point at the least. But they really were thinking about completely uh, completing the Javira Volta, as we say in Portuguese, or the, the turnaround, the comeback. Uh, for lack of a better term in English, they were really looking to do it, and they fought, but in the 90th plus four in stoppage time, it was put out of reach thanks to Luis Navu. Luis Navu makes it three to one to Braga B, and that is game set match, and the baby bishops, as I call them, the Braga B squad takes all three points, and they are now within reach of one of those promotion playoff. Places moving on to Saturday's matches. We'll start up north. Um, nothing to to split between the two teams here. Two teams also with ambition uh, to to fight for promotion and not for relegation. Two teams that have been in, ambitious all season and have fought. And one team is still looking to get into first place if possible. Uh, their first place hopes. Would take a bit of a shot here as it is Sport Club Saint Jean Vid nil and second place of Vila Verdense or Lunk Vila Verdense, thanks to their ownership. Uh, nil as well, a share of the spoils to each, and uh, they go their separate ways with a point each. In the islands in Uzasurge, 
in it is Fontinez hosting the most for me the most informed and maybe the biggest surprise all season in the Liga Tres. I'm talking about the club from the Margen Sul. I'm talking about Amora. They will travel to the islands and once again they would from nothing steal three points here this is what championship style teams do even when things aren't going your way when things look like they're out of reach when it looks like you're gonna drop points you just find a way amora does it again el mando el mando uh genie is his name 90th minute goal amora steal all three points brenu's uh, sorry fontina fontinez's brenu Sent off in the 90th plus two. Going back up north, Montalegre versus Canelas. And Canelas is hoping to get themselves in position to maybe have an outside shot at fourth place. Um, they, they would take a serious hit here. I've given my opinion on Canelas more than once. I think every Benfiquista... And basically anyone who would listen to this podcast would, would fall in this group. Um, unless you're from there, is not rooting for Canelas. Uh, Montalegre, the the, the Trajmontano side, would take the lead in the 23rd minute from the penalty spot. Victor Masaya would convert the pen 1-0. In the second half, Canelas would come out fighting, though. And Canelas would draw level in the 52nd minute. Gonzalo Monteiro would be the goal scorer. And just 13 minutes later, another Gonzalo, Gonzalo Lisha, who would who would double the tally and put Canelas in front. They thought they were going to get all three points. And then in the 90th plus four, the referee points to the spot again. Montalegre get a second penalty. And I am sure Makaku Madureira losing his mind, probably threatening the ref over this. Everyone who listens to this, would probably share my opinion of Makaku Madureira. Um, if you know who he is, if you don't, if you don't know, you don't need to know. Um, he's not worth knowing who he is, but he is one of the key figures in this Canelas side, as well as being the leader of you know the semi-terrorist, <laughs> as I call them, uh, supporters group for a certain blue and white striped club in the first division. Um, he would he would not be happy. I am sure. When Victor Messiah steps up to the spot, buries another pin in the 90th plus four, and take two points from Canelas. It's a point to each. Montalegre two, Canelas two. Still on uh, Saturday, we move a little bit further south into the south section to the Coimbra district. Oliveira do Hospital, the hometown of Carlos Martins, uh, taking on the side from Ribatejo Alverca, the club once known as as Benfica's a B team at one time, the the satellite club of Benfica a long, long time ago, but the club that has had such uh, legends come through their their club, such as Montorres, Deku. They've been managed by by Rui Vitoria. They've been managed by Josualdo Ferreira in the past. Um, Artur, our former goalkeeper, Artur, was a, I think he finished his career playing there and then became a goalkeeping coach there. Um, he This this club, Alverca, closely tied to Benfica over the years. Probably not so much anymore, but um, they are a, a well-supported club there in the Ribatejo section, in the Ribatejo region. They go, like I said, to Coimbra region, to the Coimbra district to take on Oliveira do Hospital. And these two sides would not be able to be split. It was it was an even match like so many in this league are. 53rd minute after a scoreless first half, Rui Batalha would find the back of the net for Oliveira do Hospital. But that lead would last only six minutes. Marcos Silva would level for Alverca. And each team would leave the match with a point. Um, Alverca we're looking for more, trying to stay in that top four. Unable to get all three points on this trip to Oliveira do Hospital. 1-1 again is your final result there. Back up north to São João da Madeira. São João taking on Paredes. São João in third at the moment for uh, the northern section and trying to hold that spot, trying to solidify their spot in the promotion playoffs. Uh, they take the lead in the 67th minute. 
Again, another scoreless first half. But then uh, Dan Relay would put Saint-Jean-Nice ahead 1-0. And again, it looked like the home side was going to take all three points home. It looked like this result was done and dusted. And once again, in stoppage time, from the jaws of death, it gets stolen. Two two points dropped by Saint-Jean-Nice here. Paredes level in the 90th plus three. Thanks to Edu Machado, 1-1 is your result in San Juan de Madeira. In uh, Alcuchet, we go to Alcuchet, and it is Sporting B, the Baby Lions, taking on the leaders in the south section, Union de Leiria, and the Lady aside, uh, fighting hard, getting a good fight from the Lions in this one. Uh, Sporting B also desperate to get back in the second division. I know the club is desperate to put them back in that division finding it harder to to move players through their ranks playing in the third division, at least the way they look at it. Um, this this match was was little to, to divide the two teams until the 75th minute when one of the league's top goal scorers, Jair Silva, would find the back of the net for the visitors and the visiting league leaders, Union Leiria, take all three points home from Alcushit with a 1-0 victory. And moving on to the final match of Saturday, February the 18th, to the Aveiro District. It is Anaria hosting Faf. Faf, of course, a club that for a short time featured our president, Rui Costa. Uh, he, he spent a season on loan there when he was very young. Uh, clearly uh, a club that Benficistas probably uh, will remember for that reason. That is probably, if you're not from there, the one thing you can remember about Faf, but still a club with a long history. And um, on the road, they they would travel well here. And Pedro Ribeiro would put Faf ahead in the 30th minute and take that 1-0 lead into halftime. But then in the 53rd minute, Anadia would pull one back. Whatever the halftime speech was for the Anadia coach, it worked. Dinu would pull Anadia level 1-1 in the 53rd minute, but that would be short-lived as well. Less than 10 minutes later, 62nd minute, Zed Yogu would score the winner, and Faf will go home with all three points from this one. Anadia 1, Faf 2. Moving to Sunday, we start in Uberso, Portugal, in the cradle of Portugal, where Portugal was born. I'm talking, of course, about the first capital, Guimarães. I say this every time we talk about this club. In this case, we're talking about the B team, Vitória Guimarães B, and the team that once seemed primed to just run away with this north section. Um, the team that knocked Sporting out of the Portuguese Cup. The key team that gave a good fight to Benfica in the Portuguese Cup as well. Uh, they have hit the skids. They have slipped. They are trending in the wrong direction here, and it would be another bad weekend for Thiago Margarido's Verzin side. I'm, of course, that's what I'm talking about, Verzin. It would be a trip to Guimarães, and it would start well for Verzin as uh, Vitória Guimarães B's Martin Alberto would find the back of his own goal. So the OG goes up in the eighth minute. Verzine take the lead into halftime. But in the second half, the, the last place team shows a lot of heart and a lot of fight. And that's something you can always say about Vitoria Guimarães at all levels. Doesn't matter if you're talking first team. Doesn't matter if you're talking B team. Doesn't matter if you're talking youth teams. They always fight with a lot of pride. And they always give it everything until the final whistle, and this would be no different. 47 minute, just after half of the restart, I should say. It is Giovanni uh, pulling the Conquistadores level. And again, an even match would, would play out. But in the 56th, Verzin would, would do things you can't do when you're fighting for a, a promotion playoff spot, when you're fighting to stay among the top four, and you're you're in a slump. This is not what you can do, as Diogo will see himself sent off for accumulation of yellow cards in the 56th minute, his second yellow card delivered, and Verzin down to 10 men. And about a quarter of an hour later, it would be 
the home side pulling ahead thanks to Partik 2-1 to Vitari Gimaranj B at this point. And frustration would boil over as Varzini is unable to equalize. And in the closing minutes, Ulian Bonija would be sent off for the visitors. They'll finish with nine men and zero points. Another loss for Varzini. Another, another uh, opportunity lost as well. Playing the last place team, when you're fighting to stay in the top, you have to get three points in matches like this. Unable to do it here, and the pressure is really on for Verzee now after their really, really hot start. They could find themselves on the outside looking in of the promotion picture. We move now to Sunday's Oh, this is, excuse me, we move further through Sunday's matches, and we go all the way down from north to south. We go to Algarve and to Montcarpachens as they host Real Massama. This is the one blowout I told you about. This is the one route here as Moncarpachens host Real and Real uh, leave quite an impression in Algarve. Uh, it starts in the 22nd minute for Real. It is Paulinho converting the pen 1-0 to Real Massama in the 45th plus two just before the stroke of halftime. Again, a cardinal sin, something you can't do in football, especially uh, in a match like this, when you're trying to keep a purpose to your season, if you will, um, it is it is just the one thing you can't have, and it is an own goal here. Uh, Luis would play the ball into his own goal, and Real double their lead. Looks like they're going to take a two-goal lead into halftime, but still in first half stoppage time, Ramon would pull one back for the Algarvian side. And at halftime, it is 2-1 to the visitors. All still to play for, though. And you got to think that Montcarpachens are going to come out, uh, going to come out and give it all to try to get back in this one, try to recover some kind of result. But just before the 20-minute mark of the second half, the visitors would would double their lead, and it is Rafa Santos converting for Real Massama. In the final 10 minutes, it would all come undone for the home side. As first, you get a double from Gonzalo Cabral. One in the 81st, another in the 86th, making it 5-1 to Real Massama. And then they would close out the scoring in the 90th plus one. Pedro Silva-Rosas makes it 6-1. to one. That's your final in Algarve. It is Moncarpachens 1, Real 6. Moving... Um, to Stubal now into the historic Bonfim. Vitoria Stubal hosting Academica, the match of historic uh, legendary clubs, uh, Portuguese Cup winning sides, not all that long ago for either of them. Uh, Vitoria and Academica, the Sardinus and the students. And not much uh, to show for this disappointing result, especially for the home side. I think Academica will be happy with this nil-nil draw. Uh, considering how they started out the season and how they were in the basement, just looking up, not getting points, they're now they're now slowly but surely climbing the table and and accumulating points, even in small batches. Uh, they get one here. Vitoria Stubo will be very very disappointed with this result as Academica will leapfrog them in the table, and it is nil nil as I said, a point to each. And hard to believe this Vitoria Stubal side was was many people's picks to compete, at least to get to the final. To certainly, um, they were one of the favorites to get promotion, maybe to win the entire league. And they're going to be up against it to avoid relegation now. And in the final match of the week, the match of the week, this was one that uh, Canalones put in their prime time spot a 7 p.m. Sunday night matchup. It was in the Mata Encantada. Of course, it is my club. It is Caldish taking on this very historic former champ, one time, I should say, one time champion of Portugal, Club de Futebol Ujbulanense, just they make their climb back up the table. And this one would be played in front of a league, a, a season, uh, the club's season high in league matches, you know, um, of course, not counting the the Befica match that that sold every seat in the stadium put about uh, just under ten thousand fans in the stadium, a crowd of four thousand plus 
uh, packed into the Mata Encantada and the Campo da Mata, as it's officially known, in Caldas da Rainha and in my father's home city. So, again, this is the club I support. This is my local club. Uh, this was a match of two teams, just an even match. It's third. It was third versus, sorry, it was fourth versus fifth in this one. And uh, Bulanis really needing this. This is a, a true six-pointer in every sense of the word um, as these two teams are fighting to get in those final spots. The, in the South, first and second are kind of well-defined. Third, fourth, fifth, and sixth are very, very, very tight. It's going to come down to the last day, I'm sure. And it's going to come down even to the final moments of this first phase to see which two teams take those two spots in the promotion playoffs. But it would be the visitors on this day in front of the huge crowd. It would be Lisbon's Blues, Ujbulanis, thanks to Kle in the 69th minute, putting them ahead. Kaldas unable to equalize. They would leave it all on the pitch. Um, a lot of my contacts in the city, uh, people that I, I speak with fairly regularly, um, that, that attend most of these matches and who get people out to these matches, um, they they had complaints about the referee. I did not watch this match. I have to give full disclosure. I was traveling at the time it was played. I did not watch this match, so I will not comment on the refs. Um, but they felt hard done. But again, er both of these teams are right there. Again, three finals to go for everybody. There are three rounds to go. Each one is a final. They have to look at it that way. And this was a huge, again, a six-pointer as Bulanis leapfrog from fifth to third in the division or in the section. And huge, huge three points for the side from Belay. And that closes out round 19. Let's take a look at the table now. We have in the north, Felgatish still top of the table. Four-point cushion right now from 19 rounds. 40 points for Felgatish. Lankvilleverdens in second with 36. Uh, math, still not mathematically uh, through to the next stage, but uh, feeling very comfortable about themselves right now uh, as they have a four-point cushion between them and third place, Saint Joannes, uh with 32 points. And fourth place, Verzin right now is five points behind them. And the team that they're worried about or that who they'd be looking at in this case is the fifth place side. That's Braga B. They climb all the way to fifth. They're now just one point out of fourth place and out of the those promotion playoff spots. Um, but they are six points behind Vila Verdes. So with one match to play, Lank Vila Verdes can can secure their spot in the next phase next week. In sixth place, just behind Braga B with 27 points, three points behind them, still with an outside shot here as they be, they're only four points behind Verzin. It is Sport Club saint jean -Vier. and um, they're probably the last team with a realistic spot here. Uh, I think Canelage's hopes of, of promotion died this week with that 2-2 draw at Montalegre. They are seventh with 25 points. They are six points from fourth place again. Um, a victory from Verzin pretty much puts fourth place out of reach for Canelish. Faf is eighth with 25 points. Sorry, with 21 points, excuse me. Paridz is ninth also on 21 points. Montalegre, 10th with 20. Anadia, 11th with 17. And then Vitoria Guimarães all the way in the bottom. It's going to be an uphill climb for them. Um, it's a, definitely going to be a very stressful second phase uh, relegation playoff. But still, the, the beauty of the form, of the format, uh, if you want to call it that, is that um, their chances get that much better because you can almost start fresh in the relegation phase, depending on what their group looks like. Who knows? They will have it all to play for in those six matches that will decide their fate for next season. Moving to the south, Union Lady up. Uh, still clinging to their lead. They are top overall with 41 points, the most points in the entire Liga Trish, but hot on their heels. And again, just the most informed team in the entire uh, Liga 3 for me is Amora. They got 39 points. They're right there. They're two points behind uh, Union Ladia. And they are pretty much guaranteed 
progression now to the promotion playoffs. Um, they have seven points between them in third place. Bulanis should have 32. And then they have eight points between them in fourth place. College and fifth place, Alverca. Both of those teams on 31. College ahead right now on the head-to-head. But again, this is this is a race that I think is going to come down to the final day and probably the final minutes of the final day uh, for that fourth place spot. Not far behind them and still in the running is Sporting B. Again, they're going to want to try at all costs to get promoted. That's where they want their B team playing is in the second division. If they get to fourth place, they'll at least have a chance to compete for that. It'll be difficult. It's going to be hard to see you know, these teams on the periphery really overtake the Lady Amores, um, uh, Felgadej, and... Those three teams are probably the favorites right now to get to the two spots. Um, also, there's a third spot that will go into a playoff with the with the 15th place team in the second division. So uh, there, there's outside chances. All eight teams that advance will have a chance. But uh, for the teams at the top, it's a lot of pressure because they got to continue that form into the next phase. But Sporting B, probably the last team to still have hopes of getting into that top four in the south and seventh place Oliveira do Hospital with 23 points a little too far away now to think about uh to think about fourth place as they're eight points behind Kaldish uh Real Massima behind them with 20 points in eighth place Academica up to ninth now on 19 points while Vittorio Stubal just going in the wrong direction. 17 points in 10th place. Moncarpachense, 11th place with 17 points as well. And in 12th place, it is Fontinhas with 16. Next week's fixtures now. Round 20. It gets it starts um, today, if you're listening to this, <laughs> right when it's released. Uh, February the 24th, Friday, February the 24th, Sporting B. Versus Oliveira do Hospital at Alcochit. That's a 5 p.m. Portuguese kickoff time. And then at 7 p.m. Uh, Portuguese time, the nightcap. And uh, it's a battle of first versus last in the south at the Magalhães. So uh, Union Leiria hosting Fontinhas. Taking it now to Saturday's matches on the 25th of February on the 40th birthday of yours truly. Uh, I'll be turning 40 on Saturday, and uh, the first match on my birthday will be an 11 a.m. Portuguese time kickoff, 6 a.m. Eastern time here in the United States. Faf hosting Felgadas up north, then the 3 p.m. spot where Canalons has their split screen. It's pretty cool to watch. Anadia will host Vitória Guimarães B, and Lank Vila Verdes host Verzin in a huge match. This is one, if I recommend any any matches uh, next week to watch, it's in the north. It is Saturday. Lunk Vila Verdes hosting Verzin at 3 p.m. Portuguese time, 10 a.m. Eastern time. And then as soon as that one's over, noon Eastern, 5 p.m. Portuguese time, Braga B hosting São Joanense. You have second hosting fourth and fifth hosting third. There could be some more jumbling up in the table. Um, huge, huge match for Braga B. No question about it. As um, if Verzin do not get a win here at v- at Vila Verdes in Vila Verde, they will give Braga B the opportunity to take the pitch, knowing they can leapfrog them in the table. Tons of pressure on Tiago Magrido and his Verzin side this weekend. Uh, if you don't subscribe to Canal Ones, you can if you want to. It's available on. It's available in your app store, whether it's Apple or Android. Uh, it is available there, whatever device you use. Um, I've only been able to see it for phones or for Apple products. Um, there is a monthly fee. You can also subscribe on an annual fee that's what i do but if you don't want to pay for it you can also check out canal loans that's c-a-n-a-l-1-1 check out their youtube page they also put matches for free on their youtube page it helps for people to view these matches on youtube it tells canal loans to keep putting them there that there is interest in this so uh check out the action this weekend okay 
still with that 5 p.m. Saturday kickoff time at the Chistilu, the historic Chistilu. Bulanis hosts them on Karpashins. And then in the nightcap, Academica welcomes Alverca to the Municipal Stadium in Coimbra. And Alverca also is going to be under pressure. They're going to want to put pressure on Kaldish uh, as they get to play first on Saturday night. Um, a trip to the University City uh, could be what the side from Ribateju is looking for. Could be the key to getting uh, an advantage going into the final two rounds. But uh, they have the opportunity to really put a lot of pressure on college if they get the victory or even a draw. They'll go ahead of them um, if they get points here in Coimbra. Moving to Sunday's matches now. Four on tap for Sunday. The early one is an 11 a.m. kickoff. It's up north. It's Canelage hosting Saint-Jean-Vierre. Saint-Jean-Vierre will need to get points if they want to continue to fight and keep their hopes alive for one of those top four spaces. Then in the Margin Sul, Amora hosting Caldas. This is a big one as well. This is probably Sunday's match of the day. Uh, that's a 3 p.m. Portuguese time kickoff, 10 a.m. here in the United States. Uh, probably going to be on Canal Loans. I haven't checked the, the schedule for Canal Loans just yet, but it'll probably be there. Um, if not, it'll probably be on the overflow on the YouTube. So again, check, check it out. Um, a lot of times they go to split screen as well and you get to see what's going on in multiple matches, but this one is huge. Uh, Kaldish could be under a lot of pressure depending on what Alverca do on Saturday night. And, um, again, Amora. Probably the most informed side in in the division. Uh, their their run of form really really made them everyone take notice in the reverse fixture when they went to the Mata and beat a then unbeaten Kaldish side that was in first place at the time that had just taken Befica to penalty kicks in the Tasa. Um, Kaldish will want to you know overturn that 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 result and get some points of their own. Huge huge match. More so for Kaldish. Uh, Mora is safe, and whether they catch Leiria or not right now is not nearly as important as it is for Kaldish to to solidify a spot in that top four. I'll be watching. Uh, I'll be looking on with uh, hopefulness, but a very, very tall ask for the my local club to go to a Mora and get a result here. And also going on at the same time, up north, Pridge hosting Montalegre. And then the last game of the round takes place uh, in a little bit of a, of a regional local derby when Real Masama takes on Vitoria Stubal. Uh, two teams with not much to play for in terms of um, the table right now but wanting to find their stride before the relegation playoffs begin. Let's quickly look over the top scorers in the Liga 3 right now. Zekinha of Vitoria Stubal leads the way with 11 goals. And then two players uh, trail him with nine. Edmilson Filho of Vila Verdense and Jair Silva of Union Leiria, while Rui Batalha of Real, João Augusto of Bolognese and Gonzalo Gregorio of Leiria. Uh, trail them with eight. Those are the leaders, and I know I talked last time about this, but we are going to take a quick look at the Campeonato Portugal, the fourth division in Portugal. Let's see who some of the candidates are to come up as they are also in round number 19, starting in Group A. So this is a four groups make up the Campeonato Portugal, the National Championship of Portugal, the National Fourth Division, also sometimes called the National Amateur Championship. But um, here are the table. Here is the table, I should say, starting in Group A, the first of four groups, 14 teams per group. So that's a 26-round uh, competition. We are in round 19, as I said, so seven rounds to go. Vianes leads Group A with 42 points. They have a five-point lead over second place Amarant. Those are the two teams that would advance at this point. Uh, two teams per group advance to the championship phase and the promotion phase. Uh, it's called both, I think. Uh, while the places 9 through 14 would go to a 
relegation phase, and I think the teams in the middle would play just um, what looks like meaningless uh, matches to, to fill out the calendar. But anyway, Amarant, like I said, second with 37 points. Third place, Tirsens, former first division side, uh, with 32 points. Fourth place, Vilar Pradesh with 31 points. Britu is fifth with 31 points as well. And Pividai uh, Sport Club is sixth with 30. Vila Mea is seventh with 26. And Pedras Salgadas uh, are eighth with 22 points. The following teams right now would be in the relegation playoffs if the season ended today. So Martinu with 22 points. Mudalinis with 20. Dumienis with 20. Maria de Font with 17. They're in 12th place. Maria de Font is a great name for a club. And if you want uh, if you want a good a good outlaw story, uh, read up on the real Maria de Font uh, from the 19th century wild, wild uh, west days of Portugal, where Portugal was really uh, fascinating. It's really fascinating. 19th century Portugal is a fascinating thing to, to learn about. And Maria de Font uh, is a great story, a uh, great character. It's a real person, but you know what I mean? A, a, I should say she, I believe she was a real person. I'm not sure now if there's debate about her, how real she was or if she was a legend, but it, it's amazing. Um, I think that's the name of <laughs> the best name in, in this division, Maria de Font. Uh, they have 17 points in 12th place. 13th place belongs to Monson with 16 points. And Bragança brings up the rear with 15 points. In Group B, uh, we have another well-known club to longtime fans of Portuguese football, Salgueiros in first place. One of the, one of the oldest clubs in Portugal. Um, and, uh, you know, a club that has a history linked with Benfica, of course. Um, and you could tell by their, by their kits, they're, they're red and white, uh, 37 points for Salgueiros as they like so many teams we're going to talk about in this division, as well as some of the teams in the Liga Trish, uh, one time <laughs> high level, you know, high level professional teams in the top division that have completely gone bust financially. Bad investors have come in and really and really ruined a lot of small clubs in Portugal. Um, a lot of bad sides who have sold investment to foreign investors. This is a reoccurring theme. Teams then have to fold and they restart. The, the sauce usual restart them in the district championships and they'll start trying to climb their way back up the table. Salgueiros is one of those. Um, they once upon a time were a a good first division team, you know, a top ten team, and um, here they are in the fourth division. But they are leading the Group B right now uh, with a one point lead over Hubordosa in second place. Uh, Hubordosa has thirty six points. Third place, Lusitania Dolorosa. They were featured uh, last year quite a bit on Canalons' Liga Trish. Uh, action. They did end up getting relegated last year, but there they are right again fighting uh, for a promotion spot and a chance to get back into the Liga Trish. Fourth place. Remember what I just said about Salgueiros and what I've said about Tirsens and what I've said about various other clubs and probably will continue as I read these names, these very familiar club names. I'm talking about the club from Aveiro. I'm talking about Beta Mar. And I remember the matches between Betamar and Benfica throughout the years. I remember those yellow kits, and I remember, uh, you know, I remember them playing in their historic stadium back in the day. Now they play in the municipal stadium in, in Aveiro. Betamar are fourth in this group, uh, thirty-two points, five points from the leaders. Salgueiros fifth place. Voladares Gaia twenty-nine points. Maritimo B in sixth place with twenty-nine. Gondomar is in 7th with 28 points, while Kamasha is in 8th with 24. Also on 24, but right now in a relegation uh, playoff spot, Lessa, need I say more, from Lessa the Palmella, the rivals of, of um, 
Leishoish, thank you. That was forgetting their name. The the club from Matusinj, the neighbors there, less of the Pomela and and Matusinj, uh, very close to each other there in the Porto region. And uh, Lessa is is now here, and they are fighting for their lives at this level right now. Twenty four points. Alpendorada is tenth with twenty three points. And eleventh is a club a lot of you have had so many good things to say about uh, from the Madeira Island. I'm talking about Mashiku. The whole reason I think I'm checking out this uh, these tables is because of the interest in Mashiku. And uh, right now, Mashiku are in 11th, fighting uh, for their lives also in national football in the Campeonato de Portugal, uh, trying to stay out of the district leagues. And right now, they are four points from safety and from what I believe is another Madeira side in Camacha uh, right now. And yeah, if I'm going to adopt a team from Madeira, I'm adopting Mashiku, thanks to you guys and all of your recommendations. A lot of you have visited there, and and a lot of you that grew up there have very fond memories and a lot of good things to say about AD Mashiku. So I will keep my eyes on them. Twelfth place is Chazend with sixteen points. Thirteenth place Kashtudaid with thirteen points, and in last place, fourteenth place, ten points to Guarda Sportiva Football Club. Let's go to Group C. And see what we have here. We have Primeiro Dezembro in first place. Level on points with second place, Peru Pinheiro. Primeiro Dezembro, of course, from Sintra. Uh, third place is the team from beautiful city, town. I'm not sure if it's a city or a town, but from the beautiful place known as Marinha Grande. I'm talking about Marinhas. They have 34 points, and they are right there within striking distance, within reach of Primeiro Dezembro and Pedro Pinheiro. Uh, again, three points back with seven matches to play. Fourth place is one of our filiais, or one of our you know clubs founded by Benfica members, basically. Uh, which I'm talking about Benfica Castel Branco. They are fourth with 32 points. Union Santarai, who are in last year's Liga 3, for getting relegated, are fifth right now with 32 points, three better than sixth place Sintrens, while seventh place goes to Ukurushens with 28 points. Sertanens is eighth with 27, and also on 27th, but right now below that line, Mortagua and UDS is 10th with 24 points. Ajonches de Benfica, another Benfica club, another Benfica filial, is in 11th with 16 points. Points while Lourdes is 12th with 14. All losses in their last five for Lourdes. The only team I've seen with that form right now, so not going very well for them. Alcanj is in 13th with eight, and Riumiar Sport Club 14th with just six points. And lastly, Group D, their leaders, another historic club, another well-known club from the from. From the Lisbon region, or from Greater Lisbon, I should say, Atlético Clube de Portugal, wonderful club. Uh, they play their games, as you probably know, from uh, having followed our women's team, our Benfica women's team, in the Tapadinha, a, a stadium that Benfica's women's team called home for quite a while, uh, even as late as parts of, of this season, if I'm not mistaken. They are thir- first place here in Group D with 38 points. Three better than... The Azorian side from São Miguel, I'm talking about Rabotpeche, a great, great name for a city. The, the, the city or the part of the island of São Miguel made famous by the rapper Sandro G. And a number of you are from there. I, I'm aware of that. Uh, uh, shout out to Rabotpeche. They're in second right now with 35 points. 34 points, just one behind is Juventude Evra. And they are just two points better than their city rivals, Lusitano Devra, who have 32 points. F- the historic Fabril Barreiro, better known in the old days as Kuf, is in fifth place with 30 points. I believe they are going to return to that name Kuf next season. Football Club Serpa in sixth place, 27 points. Esperanza, seventh with 26th. Immortal is in 8th with 26 also. And then the teams right now in the relegation zone, 
Vidigueira, 25. Praiense, another Benfica filial in 10th place with 25 from beautiful Praia de Vitoria on the island of Terceira. Oriental Dragon FC, another one of these things that uh, basically a foreign investors group, a Chinese group, uh, own this team. This is not even a sausage club. This is a true... Um, this is a true sad and only a sad essentially. Um, they are right now playing their football at this level. They have 21 points in 11th place. Won't be surprised if someday they fuse with a with a club in financial trouble somewhere higher up the pyramid, and you find either this name or you find an, <laughs> a team suddenly with a huge influx of cash from this group. Um, talking you know we we've seen it with we've seen it with Estrela da Madura we're going to see it now with Cova de Piedad when they merge supposedly or from what i understand it's official they're going to merge with Bisad so this is another way to get promoted in Portugal is to start these teams hang around long enough to find a team higher in the pyramid to fuse with or to buy out and to take over uh that club we'll see what happens i mean <laughs> Um, the stories, and we've seen the clubs that have just been destroyed. Talked about a few that are playing at this level. How about the teams playing even lower? How about clubs like Sportivo de Zavj and Fatima, uh, just to name a few that are that have moved into the they're very they're back at the very bottom of the table, trying to come back up. We're talking also Campeonense, you know, clubs that were at high levels and no longer are anywhere in anyone's visibility. They're, they're so out of the national football scene that they got a long way to go to come back up. Uh, five points below Oriental Dragon is Sport Club Angres, another Benfica filial uh, from Angra, de, uh, Angra do Heroismo in the Azores, I believe, on the island of Fayal. Uh, 16 points, like I said, for them. They've lost four of their last five. Ferreira is just 13th with 15. And in last place, another club that went through the same thing I just mentioned. There's a reoccurring theme here. Talking about Olianes, one-time first division club not that long ago. Now playing for, uh, not even playing, scraping by and, and seeming to die a slow, painful death here in the Portuguese fourth division. They seem to be on their way back to the Algarve Football Championship. In the district, in the district championships, outside of the national picture, that is the Campeonato Portugal, the CNS, or the Portuguese Fourth Division, whatever you want to call it. That is uh, a quick look in there. We'll come back to this. Uh, we'll come back to that division in three or four weeks and uh, see how that's shaping up. And then we'll we'll follow the championship or the the promotion spots. Uh, as we get closer to the end of the season, we'll start watching to see who's going to be coming up to the Liga Trish. And I'll also at some point start to peek in at the second division and see which clubs are on their way down and, and what's going to match up for that promotion relegation playoff at the very end when the third placed team in the in the Liga Trish takes on the 17th, no, the, excuse me, the 15th placed team in the Liga 2. That's it for this episode. Make sure to follow me on Twitter at Mike Agustinho. That's at M-I-K-E A-G-O-S-T-I-N-H-O. Follow the show also at Benfica Mister and follow on Instagram at Mr. Benfica. That's it for now. I'll be back with Mr. Benfica's next episode um, Friday. It should drop Friday, February the 24th. Um, I'll recap the match with Boavista this week. And maybe, uh, if time allows, give a, a little preview to the match with Vizela this coming weekend. And still to come, I know I promised it, it's going to come. It will come before they play again on March the 3rd, an update on our women's team that is absolutely killing it right now. And before I, I go, shout out to all nine Benfica women's players who were on the Portuguese national team that achieved history yesterday that qualified for the first time ever to the Women's World Cup. I've been following the Portuguese women's national team for over a decade. 
I had the pleasure of meeting uh, Monica George, who is now the director, who was then the national team coach a long time ago. I had the I had the honor of assisting some other people in the federation in trying to to find talent here in America in the Northeast of of female players who would qualify for a Portuguese passport to get into the national team uh, picture. Fortunate to say, as cool as that was, they don't need that anymore. That the, the Portugal is is developing their own players, and I'm going to say something that this is really more appropriate for for another episode. But I'm going to say that uh, Benfica deserves more credit than they are getting for Portugal achieving this uh, milestone and qualifying for the 2023 FIFA Women's World Cup. Not just the players that are in the national team now, but the ones coming through the academy, the ones filling the youth national teams. And uh, it's it's no coincidence that as soon as Benfica started to invest heavily in women's, or appropriately, I should say, in women's football, that the Portuguese national team pretty quickly saw the benefits now having qualified to two Euros and now a World Cup. So congratulations, Catarina Madu, uh, Andrea Norton, Kika Nazareth. Um, Jessica Silva, Carol Costa, Silvia Rubillo was there as well. Lucia Alves was there as well, and many more. I don't want to leave anyone out, but uh, Ana Saisa, uh, Andrea Faria, not with the first team. This time she was in the U23s in this call-up, but she has been in the national team before, um, not to mention you know, some of the others who are, on the, who are right on the, the bubble at getting in. So again, a big congratulations to all of them. And like I said, the Portuguese Federation can do something so right and other things so wrong. Um, much of what they've done with the women's program has been done right. And uh, they they now are seeing the fruits of those, those, uh, those labors. So again, congratulations, especially to Monica George, who's been working on this for, for maybe two decades now. Uh, nobody works harder in football, and it's not a name a lot of people know, so I want to put her name out there. Um, congratulations again, Prof. Soda. All right, that's going to do it, and I'll see you next time here on Mr. Benfica. We are so good.